You're listening to audio recorded at Mount Air First Christian Church. For more resources or to contact us, look us up at www.mountairfirstchristianchurch.org. Praise God, what a good time it is always to see baptism, to take part in baptism. Wonderful. This morning, just for a few minutes, we'll be in Ephesians chapter 1. I promise we got to talk a little bit about the glories of Easter. This is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. This is the prayer of Paul. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. For this reason... Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he called you, What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, Not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Grass withers, the flower fades. Word of our God stands forever. What good news we celebrate on a day like today. Our Savior is not dead. He is alive. It took you guys that long? Look, at I'm going to full suit. This does it's just, come on. I'm not sure it took you so long. Our Savior is not dead. He is alive. Think of all the incredible figures that are looked up to in history, even great religious figures. We go and we visit their tombs and their grave sites to memorialize them. You can go to the cave of the patriarchs. You can look this up on the internet. And you can visit these places where Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Jacob are buried. There's a a giant stone temple, essentially. There's this giant building. that you can go visit the tomb of the patriarchs. All of them remembered at this site. This is where they are buried. You can go to Prune, India at the Aga Khan Palace. No idea if that's how you pronounce it. But there's a memorial there that you can go and you can see pictures of it. Or if you want to take a trip, go and see the the memorial that holds the ashes of Gandhi. You can go to Medina in Saudi Arabia and visit the tomb of Muhammad, the prophet of the Islamic faith. If you love the doors, you can go to Paris and visit the grave of Jim Morrison. (laughs) Famously, many do and get in lots of trouble and vandalize other tombstones and point arrows to Jim Morrison's tomb on other, and they get in lots of trouble. If you go to Memphis, you can visit Elvis's grave in Graceland. 
And I saw one report, I looked up, this recorded, I'm not sure if this is COVID times, but before then, 600,000 people a year making the pilgrimage to visit Elvis's grave. That's a different generation than I'm in. But hey, there you go. But Jesus is not worshipped where his physical body once laid. Jesus is worshipped wherever his people are gathered because Jesus is alive. He has sent the Spirit into our hearts so that now we do not gather wherever Jesus once was, but we gather as those who have Jesus among them wherever they are because he, through the Spirit, lives among us. It's, it's tough being a dad. This is when all the moms chuckle. It's tough being a dad. Um, one of the reasons that it's tough is because I know that my day is coming. Uh, just last night I had a conversation, well, it was with Melanie. I was carrying the mail. We were talking about how quickly time passes. And I was just reflecting on the last time I'd carried my son. He's eight years old now, you know, and he's getting taller and heavier. And so I decided that before the day was over, I was going to pick Joel up and put him on my shoulders. And we did last night walking home. I picked, he's as tall as his mom is almost now, but I picked him up and put him on my shoulders because I know my day is coming. I will not always be the fastest one in the backyard. I will not always be the one that can kick the ball the highest. Right now, I'm a rock star. Right? And it's wonderful. Like they're out there kicking the ball and, Dad, come play. No, no, it's all right. Come on, Dad. Beg a little more. No, no, no. And then I finally go and I kick the ball so high you can barely see it, right? It's like it's amazing. Um, one day that will end, right? One day all dads, you know, you've lived through it maybe or you know your day is coming. One day that will end. But you know what? Today's not that day, and so I'm going to ride that out as long as I can. Um, today, I'm, I am unbeatable, and my kids should know it. Just, just kidding. I let, them, I let them win sometimes. But really, though I feel undefeatable in my backyard, there is one thing that we have found just cannot be defeated. There, no matter our greatness, no matter our legacy, no matter our swagger and our confidence, all go into the grave. Death is not defeated. We all will die. You cannot, at the end of the day, no matter how impressive you are, your body is breaking down. We all are aging, and death will come for us all. It is the one thing that is undefeated by us. But here is this good news. There is one who has defeated the grave. There is one who has defeated death. Part of the glorious good news of the gospel is that not only was Christ's death suffered in our place as our substitute, talk about substitutionary atonement quite a bit, not only is the gospel that Jesus died in our place as our substitute, but also that Christ's resurrection is our resurrection. Because he lives, we know that in him and by faith in him, we too will live in the light of God's presence. Easter week is, is this, it's, an, it's a fascinating week. It's absolutely crushing and thrilling at the same time. Absolutely crushing 
and thrilling. If you have eyes to see it, Easter week is crushing and thrilling at the same time. It's crushing because when we look at the cross, we are reminded of what put Jesus there. God hates sin. He doesn't chuckle over it. He's not the grandpa who, or even the dad who thinks it's cute sometimes when the kids lip off. God hates sin. God punishes sin. You and I, all of us, we are sinners deserving God's just wrath. But Jesus is sinless. When they tried to accuse him, they had to trump up charges that he, against him because they had nothing bad to say of him. He had no sin. The one claim they had against him was that he claimed to be God, and that was blasphemy to him until they found out that he really was God and he was telling the truth. It's absolutely crushing because we see at the cross the punishment Jesus receives was not his own. And I want to pause in our few minutes together. Are there sins in your life that you have yet to repent of? Or is there sin in your life? Are you clinging to sin instead of hating it and fleeing from it? Today is the day to let the conviction of the Holy Spirit work in your heart, turning from your sin, because there is forgiveness available for sin at the work of the cross. Today is the day to let God do that work in your heart and to seek to kill the sin that seeks to kill you. But I said Easter is both crushing and thrilling because we see the punishment that we deserve poured out upon Jesus, but it's thrilling because the cross is not the end of the story. That's not all God wrote. That's not all that was going on. Jesus conquered over sin and death by rising from the grave grave three days later. Paul says in his prayer there in Ephesians that we read, for the church in Ephesus, that they would know the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward those who believe. And he goes on to say the power that's at work for his people, at work for his church, is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The power that conquered what is undefeatable in our minds and our realities that we live out, the power that conquered the undefeatable, for those who are God's, that same power is now at work for us to bring about our ultimate good. The power that defeated the undefeatable is the power that is at work for all of God's children. Do you know Jesus as your Lord, Savior, and treasure? Do you know him as your king have you been buried with him and raised to newness of life through faith in Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus that way? Then you have great reason to rejoice this morning. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead works in you and through you and ultimately for you. This is vital news in our broken world. It is all too easy to look around and get overwhelmed with thoughts of all that is out of our control. It can be easy to think that all is defeated. But Christ has conquered death itself. He has promised to return and to consummate, to bring to final fruition. 
his kingdom. And because of this, we can live trusting him, fleeing sin, and spending our lives in costly love for our neighbors and in service to them. Do you know and treasure Jesus like this? Like he is worth everything? Because he is. Because he is. Do you live? Do you know? Do you treasure Jesus like this? The thing about the sin that you're hanging on to, it's actually crushing you. You may think that it's the thing that's bringing you life and bringing you pleasure and bringing you joy. It's the thing that is crushing you. All the while, you have no idea the joy and the liberty that there is in forsaking your sin and giving your future joy to Jesus. The power that raised Jesus from the dead will be on your side working for you and your final joy in him. You can't. You can't outwork that power. This morning, as we do every Sunday morning, we're going to end our time celebrating the Lord's Supper. If you have never confessed your sin and trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this would be a wonderful morning to do that. To confess, Father, I, I have run from you. I have turned away from you. You are holy and righteous and perfect, and you deserve all of my obedience, and I haven't given it. And for that, I deserve justice. Confessing your sin, looking to Christ, who took that sin, the punishment for that sin upon himself, so that you could come to the communion table this morning rejoicing that that sin that deserves God's justice has been washed away by the blood of the Lamb that you could be white, clean, made righteous in God's sight. Do you know Jesus this way? Let me invite you to know him like that this morning. Let me invite you. Trust Jesus. Turn from sin. Look to Christ, the risen one, who is working for the benefit of his people. Your sin is killing you, and Jesus offers life to the full and forever joy in him. If you do know him, remember and rejoice. Jesus gave his life for your sins. He's rose from the grave. The power that worked that miracle will have no problem, no problem bringing all things to their final joyous end. Man, that's good news to me. That is good news to me. We can all go through the things in our lives that we wish had gone different, and we think, boy, where is this headed? Christ is risen, and upon that power, God has promised to work everything for your ultimate and final joy in him forever. That is good news. Let's trust him today. Let's pray. Father, give us eyes to see you this morning in all of your holiness, that we would be humbled and confessing our sin. Give us eyes to see your greatness, that, God, we would despair of our own strength and of our own self-sufficiency. And then, God, give us eyes to see what a glorious gift your Son is, that we could be forgiven of our sins and made righteous in your sight. And then, God, give us eyes to see it done. Give us eyes to see the promised future and the hope that is offered 
and, and granted, given, promised in Christ. Father, as we come to communion this morning, break our hearts before you and give us the joy that only comes through faith in Christ. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.